Welcome back to the second hour of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today. By providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain, Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. And Mark Holland in for Lynette Morgan this week, taking your calls at 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770. Dr. Mixon with us today, Dr. Umat, and special guest doctor today, Dr. Christine Brazel. And uh, I think we're going to go right back to the phones. We have uh, John in Granite Falls, and he has a, a question. John, what's your question for the doctors? Yeah, hey, good morning to all you guys. Great show as, as usual. I'm calling on behalf of a lady friend of mine who had to leave uh, for an appointment, and she's a, a longevity patient, and mm -hmm. she's uh, late 60s, and this is concerning the, uh, the clear, uh, she wanted some clarification on this biotin versus the thyroid medication. She's uh, had real thin hair for some time. She's really anxious to, uh, you know, prevent any further loss, so she's taking the biotin, but then you guys, her ears, her ears, Picked right, uh, perked right up when you guys were talking about mm -hmm. the biotin and the thyroid meds. And so you, you said that you shouldn't take them together, and she was confused about whether you meant uh, take them at different times of the day or just not take them at all in your diet together. Well, the rule of thumb is that you take your thyroid medication alone and far away from everything else, foods, supplements, calcium, even milk in your coffee or fortified orange juice can block the absorption. So that's a general rule, whether it's biotin or anything else. Uh, biotin supplement helps your hair grow. A lot of people with thyroid disease lose their hair, so it's a common supplement for thyroid patients. They should just take it later with their meals. When you're talking about doing the lab work, the biotin interferes with the way that the labs read the thyroid hormone in the blood. It does not interfere with the hormone itself. So about two days before your labs, you skip the biotin, and then you'll have a clear reading on what your levels are. It will be more accurate, and you'll get better dosing and better control of your symptoms. The fear okay, being well, that if that if you do take them together and uh, uh, the TSH falls, your doctor will lower your thyroid medication unnecessarily. Yeah, <coughs> or get treated for Graves' disease that you don't have. So the, the right. biotin doesn't interfere with the thyroid. It interferes with the thyroid test. That's the difference. Right, right. So the two-day uh, uh, ahead of time, skipping it, that, that's, a, that's enough time to uh, clear the boards and the test come out correct. Mm -hmm. That's a that it should be. That's a very generous window to allow it to wash out. It is water soluble, but we want to give it a little extra time. Okay. And the other well, thing <clears throat> that I've yeah. said before, John, is that sorry, I got something in my throat. 
<clears throat> is that not everybody needs to take biotin continuously. Mm-hmm. You should have your doctor help you decide how frequently and how much you need to take it. Because people just start taking supplements and they take, take, take them when they really don't need All it's doing is you're just exp- peeing it out. You're not really absorbing much more after a while. Go ahead, biotin Dr. is only one of the many nutrients that help you grow your hair back, and that's a good conversation with your doctor about a micronutrient panel. What else am I missing? It can't just be more and more biotin because that's not the only reason people are losing hair, and it's not going to be the only reason you regenerate your hair either. Exactly. And of course, if she really wants to kick things into high gear, it just so happens we have a hair regeneration program at Longevity. Well, actually, our hair program, Jerry, and I haven't even mentioned it to you, it, it's become quite popular. We have a lot of physicians referring their patients to us. We see patients from dermatology that come in for PRP treatments. We're now treating a patient who had a hair transplant who was referred by his physician for PRP, and we're seeing amazing results. So the PRP is a given. That's a mm-hmm. no-brainer. Um, um, but then along with that, when we do the microneedlings and we do the injections and we do the ketoconazole and we monitor and we follow, we take the microscopic pictures, they use the laser cap, they're really seeing very good results. Yeah. And post-COVID, we were seeing a lot of people that were experiencing hair loss because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just a general approach. I mean, we do have a lot of longevity patients, but I'm most of our patients right now come referred from outside. Some of them just find us online because we talk about it on the beautiful new you show or here Um, but a lot of others are being referred from outside sources that have heard about the success that we are having so i've been very pleased with the pictures i've been seeing i've been looking at them with patients and they're very happy and uh yeah we're now offering a lot of variations to that program so they come back for touch-up and it gets customized to what their needs are exactly we have somebody who wants to do only injections we'll do those we have somebody who wants to do combination microneedling injections We'll do that. So we're offering customization more to their needs now than ever before. I've also heard that the capillus cap that people have been using with the PRP or on its own is also helpful for growing in the facial hair around the eyebrows and maybe even the eyelashes if you're pairing it with one of our other um, cosmetic procedures. We, the cap itself won't do that, mm-hmm. but what we are doing is microneedling mm-hmm. or I've, I've even injected the eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And so people do notice an improvement. Now, it's not going to give them, if they have no hair, it's not going to you know give them sure. a full eyebrows. But if they're thinning or losing, mm-hmm. they will see an improvement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although my experience is that women spend seem to spend a lot of time trimming and making their eyebrows smaller. No, no. Like, or, or tattooing them in. Nowadays, tattooing them in is a big deal because they want permanent makeup. And so, yeah, I've seen a lot of that, but we can help. Okay. Patients with thyroid disease tend to have much thinner eyebrows and actually want a little bit more in there to work Indeed with. Indeed, they do. And so, you know, if your wife has significant hair thinning, you might have her come in and discuss with Dr. Umat or one of our other doctors the possibility of actually putting her on the hair regeneration program because it is being very successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll make sure to pass along that information. Uh, that's a lot of really good stuff. I think I got it clear. I'll pass the word along, and thanks so much for your help. 
You're welcome, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, John. That opens up a line for you. If you're listening today, you have a question, anything, I think I'm learning a lot myself, uh, filling in with Lillinette. 800-465-8770. 800-465-8770 is the number to call you with know, your You um, know, Mark, I was going to say that um, when you do the beautiful New You show, I feel sorry for you sometimes. <laughs> the ladies were talking about laser hair removal, and the things he was hearing, I was like, oh, my gosh, Mark, you signed up. You didn't know you what you were signing well, up I'm for. I'm surprised how much stuff you do for men as well, though. At, oh, at, yeah. At yeah. Um, so for laser hair removal, you know, uh, traditionally it was pre- predominantly women. But now for men that have um, ingrown beards and hair itching, we do a lot for facial hair removal with that. And then a lot of men have body hair, and that causes ingrown hair follicles. It causes acne. It causes a lot of trauma, too. And with our larger device that with the head of the device that is larger we can treat the back much faster than we could and we can also treat men of color which we couldn't in the past so people that have darker pigment like me they have to be very careful because it can cause hyperpigmentation so our device is really very good and it it is one of our more popular treatments but the other things are picking up a lot i was looking at some of the data coming in now tattoo removal with our pico shore is becoming very popular yeah. we're seeing a lot of patients come in for that at Bella Medica. So the newer machines definitely a way a class above the old. So thank mm-hmm. you, Dr. Mixon, for buying them for us. Right now, let's uh, just get them paid for. Well, they <laughs> <laughs> working on it. <laughs> They're doing good work. I believe in doing good work. You do the math and figure <laughs> out the money. <laughs> okay. Well said. Well, hey, let's move on to uh, Ray in Woodenville, Line One. Ray, what is your question for the doctors today? Well, hi. Hey, um. I talked to you, Dr. Mixon, a while ago about um, blood pressure, or I mean, I heard you talk about the, the beta and the alpha blockers, and you said that there's one that your clinic doesn't really use to lower blood pressure because there's some side effects on it. Wonder if you might mm. review that with me. I'm trying to think exactly which drugs oh, you're talking alpha about. Alpha-adrenergic drugs, maybe, because they lower the, blood the Things like the hytrin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The older. Yeah. Uh, we don't yeah, the, tend to prescribe blood pressure medication. No, we don't, but they, I think what he's talking about is the, the older, the first, sec, second generation of alpha drugs, um, like hytrin, mm-hmm. uh, these were designed originally for blood pressure, they mm-hmm. to lower blood pressure, but it turns out that they also relax the smooth muscle in the prostatic urethra and they were very good at at helping men to urinate Mm -hmm. when their prostate is kind of getting large they also have the advantage that if you use them long enough like 15 18 months um you actually start to shrink the prostate Mm -hmm. it actually starts to get smaller the newer ones don't do that Mm -hmm. um so you only get the muscle relaxing, you don't get the, the anti-prostate uh, uh, size. The problem, the reason they they kind of fell out of favor is they do cause postural hypotension, mm-hmm. especially when you first start using them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I used to prescribe those drugs back in the 90s, I'd tell people, take your first dose when you're going to bed. Swallow the pill, lay down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure you don't fall down and break your nose. Um because the worry of those drugs is that if they drop your blood pressure too much while you're on the stairs, you could take a header down the stairs and get really hurt. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> most people that doesn't happen to, 
and most people tolerate them pretty well after the first few doses. Uh, but again, because of what that hypotensive episode. I'm sorry, what? what? What would be better for somebody who's dealing with high blood pressure or medium blood pressure? An alpha my, blocker or a beta blocker? My favorite is a uh, an ACE uh, an, an ACE receptor drug called enalapril. Mm. Okay, enalapril. E N A A. Enalapril. E N A. L A P R. Yeah. Enalapril. No. Well, yeah. It is a a. ARB. ARB. Yeah. ACE. It's a angiotensin receptor blocker is really the class but the the drug the reason i think i like it is that there is pretty good statistical data for increased longevity people using this class of drugs tend to live longer than uh, any of the other antihypertensive medications what causes high blood pressure i mean i i've got a pacemaker and they've got me on 180 milligrams of Diltiazem, which is supposed to help lower, but it hasn't really helped a whole lot. Well, diltiazem is a calcium channel blocker. Um, how, do I, how do I explain? There's no well, one it's reason. Slow your heart that, down, right? Uh, well, it can if you're in atrial fibrillation. It'll slow your heart rate. It doesn't oh. normally slow the rate of people in sinus rhythm. But the. Oh. There's several reasons the blood pressure can go up, okay? One is the angiotensin production in the kidneys, the renin-angiotensin system, and and decreased blood supply to the kidneys or just aging kidneys can start kicking out angiotensin to raise blood pressure. So we've got drugs that both block the receptors and block the angiotensin production. Right. So those are the ACE inhibitors and the and the ARBs, both groups. They work the same way by decreasing angiotensin effect from your kidneys. But other people just get increased muscle tone in their arteries uh, as they get older. Other people are having decreased amounts of nitric oxide production. Um, you know, nitric oxide is a, is a drug produced in the endothelium, the lining of the arteries. And that... Uh, that decreases by about 94% between 12 and 60. Mm-hmm. And so older men, and older women too, but older people don't uh, make as much nitric oxide as they did in their youth. And the consequence of that is the arteries can't dilate. And so the pressure tends to rise. We'll come back and talk more. Yeah, we'll talk more with you, Ray, here in just a minute. Hold on through the break, Ray. We need to take a quick break. You're listening to Leading Edge Medicine. Call in with your questions, 800-465-8770. Leading Edge Medicine will be back with you in just a few moments. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. For the first time in history, you can choose how to age. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. No matter your age, if you are looking to decrease your dependence on glasses at both distance and near... 
I suggest you go with experience. Pete Talbot here again for Dr. Michael Gilbert at Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. He's not just my ophthalmologist and my wives, my sons, my friends, and all my neighbors, but he was just recently voted Best LASIK in 425 Magazine and has been voted Best Doc in Seattle Magazine many, many times. So whether it's LASIK or RLE or Advanced Cataract Surgery, Northwest Vision Institute will find the best option for you. So if you're over 40 or 50 and haven't had an eye exam for a year or more, here's something you simply won't get anywhere else, an advanced ocular exam. Not that simple eye exam everyone else does. So to schedule your advanced ocular exam, go online at nwvision.com or call 425-450-2020. 425-450-2020. I fly for a living and I change in time zones and all this other stuff and getting colds and when I get a cold I can't fly. I thought well let's give this a shot. I started taking the supplements and I noticed what's cold so I'm just working you know. So then I thought well let's try the rest of it. But for us it's big improvement and that's why we stay with it. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. And welcome back to Leading Edge Medicine. Call in your questions now at 800-465-8770. Continuing a discussion with Ray and Woodenville about blood pressure issues. Not sure where we left off there. Nitric oxide. Nitric oxide. Yeah, well, nitric oxide production drops off with age. And that is one of the reasons that men develop erectile disorder is that nitric oxide dilates the blood vessels everywhere in your body, your brain, your heart, your lungs, but also your genitalia. And that's how the um, that's how the ED drugs actually work, is they inhibit the destruction of nitric oxide. So when you produce it, you don't get rid of it as fast, and so you maintain a better erection. But it turns out it doesn't just work there, it works everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so you get better blood flow to your brain, better blood flow to your muscles, the, the blood vessels in your heart dilate a bit, and so the risk of heart attacks and strokes goes way down when you take the so-called erectile disorder drugs. So they're not just for that. I'm, I'm now using them for just about everybody, male and female. Mm-hmm. You know, women don't have a penis, but they've got heart, brain, lungs, kidneys, muscles, bones. And so, you know, why not protect them? Um, I've heard you mention the Neo40. Is that a good thing to take? Neo40 is another thing, yes. And Neo40 is something that, um, uh, again, increases nitric oxide production. And so two things, the ED drugs get prevent you from destroying it as fast, and the Neo40 helps you to make it better. And that combination works to lower your blood pressure and improve blood flow just about everywhere. Yeah. So I use Neo40 before my workouts, before my exercise, because it helps my exercise tolerance. And we've started using the Neo40s more liberally now with the Viashore patients, so Uh those that are our patients and those that are not, but everybody getting Viashore will get a box with their treatments because it Uh enhances nitric oxide production. And it makes the ED drugs work better. And it does. And so the results of the treatment will be better. And then we're also starting to measure nitric oxide levels for our patients. We've now got some some little strips that you just stick under your tongue, get some saliva, and uh, it makes a color change to tell you how much nitric oxide you are producing. Interestingly, we produce a fair bit of nitric oxide in our saliva. Mm. There are enzymes there that that make the the hormone. So, you know, 
Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, what uh, pharmaceutical medication would you give somebody with high blood pressure? Or you would recommend? You don't give them out, you said, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Well, now, we don't do that in our clinic. We refer you to your primary care doctors or your cardiologist, in your case, since you've got a pacer. But, you know, my favorites are the ACE inhibitors and the ARBs, the blockers and the angiotensin inhibitors. So my personal favorite, my personal favorite is enalapril. But, you know, that's... Uh, that's the one that I decided to use myself, and I don't have high blood pressure. I just like the longevity aspects of it. <laughs> so, right. Well, I tried the, the tenalafil, and it, you know, because of all the other stuff, instead of the tamsulosin, but man, it gave me yeah. such back to that acid reflux thing. It was just so mm-hmm. bad. I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. get rid of it. Well, like we, so like I, I've I, always I, said. Anything strong enough to help is strong enough to hurt. There's going to be downsides to every single decision we make in medicine. Your doctor's job isn't right. to give you things well, that have no side effects. Your doctor's job is to give you as many benefits, balanced against as few downsides as practical. Well, I, I, it's just disappointing because from what I, I heard you talk about, it sounds pretty pretty good. Hey, um, ear hair, is, is that beautiful clinic? Uh, take care of ear hair. I, you know, I get tired of yes. The yes, hair. they can. Yes, we, we can laser if they're dark. If they have lost pigment, then it's difficult. But yeah. oh yeah, no, they're dark. They're black. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're okay. Now, do you do you do like you know one ear at a time, or is it because you know there's a bunch of them there? I mean, is it a long procedure? No, no, it's, not it's a procedure. small area, and it won't take them very long. It'll be a consult is a we are one hour consult, but in treatment time you'll need no more than thirty minutes. They'll do one year, and then they'll do the other. Okay, and you still offer an initial free yes. consultation? Yeah, absolutely. The initial consultation is oh, free. Yeah. So come on in, let them see okay, what they well, think, great. and they can, they'll tell you what they can do and what it'll cost and how long it'll take. Yeah, and in fact, we're open on Saturdays. <laughs> That's true. Oh, okay. Is it painful? Uh, it, well, it'll smart a bit, but it's gone pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you will, um, you can hold a Zimmer device, which is the ice cooling device. So it's not painful, but yeah, you'll feel it. Well, they can use warm. a numbing cream too. Ears are pretty well, sensitive. You know, so I, I see Doctor uh, Nelson, and when they give a shot into my knee, they they spray some nitrogen on it, and that kind uh-huh. of no, is kind of stingy. It's probably like that. Yeah, we can make you comfortable. Let me put it that way. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If all else fails, we've always got uh, nitrous oxide, the laughing gas. Yeah. Then you can giggle, <laughs> giggle your way through your procedure. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Take care, sir. Okay. Thank you, Ray. That opens up a line for you. Actually, uh, phone lines wide open right now for your calls. Eight hundred four six five eight seven seven zero. That's eight hundred four six five eight seven seven zero. We have uh, three doctors with us today. We have a uh, guest doctor, Dr. Christine Brazel. I haven't. What is your specialty, Dr. Brazel? A longevity doctor. Uh, I know she's a longevity <laughs> doctor, but, but do you specialize in a particular area of, of medicine? Or? Well, I've been doing uh, medicine for 15 years now, and before I came to longevity, I was doing uh, clinical weight loss and hormone replacement for a long time. I had done some family medicine and didn't find it satisfying, particularly to work with um, insurance systems and doing primary care because the, the outcomes aren't always great. 
You know, you just go, we have a problem, you band-aid it, and you leave, and you come back with another problem. So I get really excited about people who want to invest in their future, and that means they are personally involved with the aspects of their health care that they can be involved in, whether it's lifestyle changes, uh, diet, sleep, exercise, fasting, or a little help with supplementation, or a little more help with prescription management of hormones, or when we can get involved early with cardiologists and neurologists because people don't want to wait till the problem is a big deal. So I really get really excited about people who envision their long future. They see themselves participating at every level of their health and their vitality, and that's what I bring to the conversation. And if they can show up with that too, it's just a wonderful experience for both people, I think. Tell us about some of your happy moments with your patients, interactions, some things that bring you joy, some things where you've seen somebody completely turn their life around. Well, interestingly enough, um, because it involves doing the least amount of things, the intermittent fasting, which I've started implementing with many of our patients who have issues with metabolic disease, hypertension, high blood pressure, um, uh, sorry, hypertension is high blood sugars, cholesterol, obesity, is that something that doesn't involve doing anything extra is involving doing something less. And that small tool of not doing something, not eating at eight o'clock in the morning when maybe you could wait a little longer, not having that snack, um, just tightening that little window has been profound for my patients. Uh, More than uh, most things because they're in charge, so they know it's them doing it, so that makes them feel really good. But they immediately see such benefits on their blood levels from the stuff that we're trying to monitor and keep in the optimal zone. And sometimes it's getting them down a couple orders of uh, medication that they don't have to take from their other doctors because they're managing it on their own through their own personal changes. And the light bulb comes on, and that's my happy moment, was the patient says, I did this. Thank you. It's changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I've often thought of semi-glutides for weight loss and stuff, and I always think of you because I know that your patients do really well with weight loss with intermittent fasting, and you probably use them least, which is good. Uh, Our goal is always to strive for excellence with the least amount of interventions, and if patients can do it by themselves and we can educate them and show them the way, obviously it's more successful for them. But um, the semi-glutides are something that intrigue me a lot, shall mm-hmm. we say, because I keep talking about them. Um, I'm, I'm excited to learn about them, too. They seem to be having a, a really big impact on people's sense of hunger. And hunger is really desire for most people as opposed to I really need to eat right now. It's I really want to eat right now. So when you can change your relationship to that immediacy of eating, everything can follow. And then that means that they're more likely to get to the gym and do the little bit of exercise. They're more likely to skip the chips and then just wait till uh, their their regular meal or whatever that they're trying to change in their life. Right. Uh, and the semaglutides appear to be helping people uh, stick to that, but they're not appetite suppressants in the well, traditional. What's a semi- what, what I was that? just going to go there. Semi-glutide. So those are the Ozempic, okay. Wegovi, yeah. uh, the Monjaro class of drugs that have become so popular mm-hmm. for diabetic patients. So er, the Ozempic class is an injectable, subcutaneous injection once a week. They're very expensive. Insurance covers them. And then the weight loss, ver- because p- diabetics were experiencing weight loss, they came out with a weight loss, ver- weight loss version of the same drug. Mm-hmm. Again, it's in short supply and it's 
is very expensive and insurance may or may not cover it. And and we were wondering whether the, the drug companies will ever come out with an oral version or not. And a couple of weeks ago, Jerry showed me an article that Novo Nordisk has printed, and I'll share it with the doctor. Some of them have seen it, but not all of them, um, where they tried an oral pres- prescription of a semaglutide, mm-hmm. 50 milligram dose on a daily basis that was definitely more effective than the placebo. And so we are looking at that. Now, it will suppress appetite. It will help with the weight loss. And uh, we are looking to see if uh, we can get that compounded so it will be a little bit mm-hmm. cheaper than the prescription mm-hmm. version. Yeah, in fact, I've got, uh, I've got uh, our compounding pharmacist looking right now. He's going to get back to me within the next week or so mm-hmm. on what the pricing would be because – you know, it's nice. The problem with semiglutide is everybody loses weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people have horrible side effects, mm-hmm. but if you don't get the side effects, you still lose the weight. You know, the problem is that when you stop, you regain the weight. That's right. And so now you're looking at a thousand dollar a month drug that you have to buy and still use maybe one week out of every month um, for yeah. the rest of your life to keep your weight down. Mm-hmm. The pill, as opposed to the shots. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, will be much less expensive because you don't need the sterility and all the manufacturing issues that you get with an injectable. Um, and the reversibility if you're not feeling good. And the it. reversibility because you're just taking a pill each day. And if you're getting the bad side effects, you you stop. Mm-hmm. It's real fast. But if you're being successful, you can cut it down and maybe only use it two or three days a week, you know, instead of every day once you get the weight down to once keep it Once you down. get to your goal. And your goal may take you months to get to. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the biggest study that on, that's been done on the oral one uh, showed a, about an 18% body mass reduction. So, you know, for me, I'm 200 pounds. That would be a 36-pound weight loss over a 15, no, I'm sorry, over 56 weeks. Mm-hmm. So it was more than a year. Mm-hmm. So it's fairly slow, mm-hmm. you know, 30-some pounds in, in a year. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's 30-some pounds. Yeah. Okay, need to take a quick break, but call in your questions now. Lines are open, 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770. You're listening to the Leading Edge Medical Program, brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinics. Leading Edge Medicine. Join in the conversation at 1-800-465-8770 and tell your friends to listen. That's 1-800-465-8770. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control, excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. 
it truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425 425- 251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. I've been a longevity patient at the Tacoma Clinic a little over three months. So I've lost a bunch of weight, improved libido. Uh, I quit drinking wine, which was not easy. I really appreciate what you do. And welcome back to Leading Edge Medicine. Mark in for Lynette this week and taking your calls at 800-465-8770. Lines are open, so call in your questions. Uh, between the break there, talking a little bit more about some of my own personal experience. We were talking yeah. about Ozempic before. Right. And I started Ozempic uh, maybe year, t- two years ago. Started on the one milligram uh-huh. and then somewhere along the line they approved the, they approved the two milligram. Mm-hmm. And I had about a 40 pound weight loss wow. with Ozempic. Wow. And uh, I, I would say more than any drug, I'm taking just about every drug there is for diabetes, type mm-hmm. 2 diabetes. Uh-huh. But that was the one that really seemed to make a real difference for yeah. me. Mainly because of the appetite suppressant part of it. Yeah. I mean that you talk about the side effects. The side effects do include just kind of a nausea, low-level nausea. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't, you're not particularly interested in eating right. much of anything. Right. So you just eat it, definitely a, an appetite suppressant, <clears throat> and forty-pound um, weight loss. Uh, but then I ran into the problem a lot of diabetics are finding with this drug is everybody else is taking it. Exactly. Uh, so, so there's like available. a run on it yeah. and, and you couldn't get it. Right. And it's still kind of spotty. I mean, they'll yeah. run out of it at different uh, pharmacies. They do, so. yeah. We had a pharmacy tell us that they could get us some injectables if we were interested. And we don't even use it. But they told us very specifically they're on the East Coast. There's only two hours and there's only twice a week that we can call for our order. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if that's the restrictions, why would I even go there? (laughs) It's not easily available. But, yeah, it's something that we've let our patients talk to their primary care providers because we don't want to take over their primary care. However, the weight issue keeps coming back. And that is something we do engage in because we do want to help our patients succeed in their weight loss journey. Absolutely. And that's why I'm hoping Brandon can get these for us at a reasonable cost. Yeah. And with reliable supply. Right. It doesn't do any good if you start somebody on it and you know, a third of the way into the program, they have to quit because the drug's not available. Right. I talked to Brandon about it, too, and I told him that he should realize that when we do start a patient on it, they would be on it for at least a year, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the supply chain is very critical. And again, the 50 milligram dose. So we're waiting for the research to be completed. We have seen the original articles. Now we're waiting to see if the availability is there. I think our doctors would be more prone to use the oral version mm-hmm. I think so than, too. than the injectable. Um, I say if, if, if I were going to take it, and thank God I don't need it for weight, but if yeah. I were going to, yeah. I'd rather have the pill than the shot any day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, our patients from you know my preliminary discussion about whether they would be interested or not, everybody's more interested in a pill rather than injecting themselves. And, and again, the production costs, 
you know, when you're dealing with, with injections, the sterility is critical. Yeah. You can't afford to have any bacteria or fungus uh-huh. or any contaminants. Mm-hmm. And so the expense of doing the manufacturing is very high with injectables. But pills, you know, they're going in your gut. They're not going into your bloodstream. And you can just, I mean, those there should be a lot cheaper to make. And you can and control. So I'm hoping that we can get it. So free. those are available now, pills, of the semaglutide well, pill? There's research working? on it, and I've talked to our compounding pharmacist, and he's looking to see if he can get the powder, he can compound the pills. Mm-hmm. And then what would the cost be? And so hopefully we'll have some answers in a week or two that mm-hmm. that say yes or no, and here would be the cost. That's... That's what we're after. But we also know that they are slower to take an effect, the weight loss. And that, I think, to us, that's an advantage because it'll give us time to help our patients implement other changes. We want people to change their lifestyle, not just go on a diet. There's a difference. And so that slower weight loss is a real advantage for that because the longer you do something, the better chance you have of sticking with it. It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay there. And the biggest struggle for people is changing the thing that got them to where they are that they don't want to be. Well, and that can take a year of negotiating with yourself. What am I willing to give up? What What's worth it? If sure. I want to get to be smaller, what do I have to do? And I don't mean smaller muscles because it's usually bigger muscles make smaller waists, but it's really hard to change that if it's been a lifelong going in the other mm-hmm. direction. Well, and the other thing, too, is that it's... <sighs> Eating is a primary reinforcer. We have to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't give up eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will die. So we're dealing with something that people have to do. They do it every day, usually a couple of times. And the, the, the problem is controlling the amounts and the snacking and the free in between. You know, if, if we're talking about a narcotic, just don't take it at all. And once you get through withdrawal, it's abstinence is your issue. You can't do food for abstinence. And so we always have to have people tempted and people using part of what it is we're trying to control. Mm-hmm. And so it's a far more complex process than than drug addiction. And this is also where we might consider adding or suggesting something like the continuous glucose monitoring uh, now that it's more readily available because yes. some foods definitely trigger those insulin spikes more than others. Mm-hmm. And it might be caloric. It might be a food sensitivity. It could be some, you know, just a total amount of calories or the timing and knowing which foods are your problem foods for blood sugar is critical to changing that because it's mm-hmm. not all or none for everything. It could be rice, but not wheat. Sure. You don't know until you measure it. And the those monitors are a game changer for people who struggle and with And the cost is coming down dramatically. Dramatically. You know, they were very expensive, and now you've got things like the Lifestyle Libra, which is. Yeah, a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to ask yeah. you do you have yeah. one? I have one Lifestyle Libra. <laughs> what do you and, like about it? And, uh, it has helped tremendously because that was one of the things about sticking your finger after mm-hmm. you yes. know, every meal. It's like. This is traumatic after a while, and mm-hmm. you kind of don't want to do it half the time anymore. Yeah, you negative just, reinforcement. Yeah. yeah. So, but now with this gizmo, and you just yeah. put the little beep up there, and it it works great. And you know, uh, I was just reading recently that hospital systems are now starting to use it for inpatients. They should. Bit, they should. They should have been the first ones to use it. <laughs> but, they're, but, they're, but they're probably taking this two hundred dollar device and charging oh, two thousand for I'm it. Sure, they are. <laughs> right. now, and, listen, and, if they can charge twenty five dollars for a two cent, uh, I know. 
know. A, t- a two-cent Tylenol. I you know. know. <laughs> but, you know, for patients who are listening, if you are pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes, ask your doctor to give you a prescription so it will be covered by your carrier. But if you're pre-diabetic and your doctor's not giving this to you, please go buy it yourself. Yeah. It's not that expensive. It's a couple of hundred bucks. But it will teach you a lot about your own choices and how they impact on your sugar. You know, some things people think, oh, oatmeal is great. I had a patient who told me that oatmeal was causing his sugar levels oh, to yeah, go up. And, well, oatmeal isn't oatmeal. It depends on what goes no, no, in he, it. Was yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, he yeah. was using plain oatmeal, but yeah. still, yeah. it yeah. wasn't the right but breakfast the av- for him. But yeah. the average yeah. person, well, but again, he may have been using the instant oats. Yeah. And the yeah. instant oat is very different from the steel Indeed cut traditional. Indeed it is. You know. Indeed but it is. You've got to cook one for you know five minutes and the other one's mm-hmm. 15 or 20 seconds, and so people go for the fast. But it's not as good for you. Yeah. I do understand they require using a smartphone for the app to be able to do the reading. Uh, that's that- one way to do it, but you also have a little handy pocket gizmo. In fact, I can do some sound effects here on the radio. Oh, that sounds Ooh. fun. You just, you just hold it up to it. Oh, there you go. Do it again. I'm a little high right Okay, now. Mark, do it again. That's because we're so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We are so sweet. We're raising your blood sugar. Ah, see? Yeah, a little it's high, a nice little but uh, yeah, it's constant, and uh, my endocrinologist says it's totally accurate, uh, and it gives you a continuous reading. You think that it's just giving you that reading right there, but actually every time you listen, you click it or yeah. you sense it, it gets everything since the last time you read it. Yeah. So yeah. then you get this printout that shows that you're, whether or not you're staying in range, and so she loves it. Uh, and it helps you be more compliant because yeah. you can immediately get a feedback oh. without looking for a needle and flinching, oh, going, yeah. I don't want to stab myself in front that. of other Indeed. people. Yeah. And I dinner. think it should be an investment that insurance carriers should make. Well, I think they're changing their patients. mind on it because it was expensive at first, but they're yeah. finding yeah, it. Yeah, and it frustrates me no end when my patients come back and say, well, my doctor refused to write for a prescription for me. And I'm like, why? <laughs> well, in the old days, keeping management on the, the, the blood sugar test you know, you have to stick your finger and then you have to put in a sensor every time. And prescription management for that and reimbursement was such a so difficult. So they might just not know how easy it is to do this yeah. compared to the uh, all the other uh, glucose strip monitors. Yeah, I think they're, they're changing their mind. Well, we've got another call we're going to take here in just a moment. But wanted to quickly uh, remind people about this gallery health fair coming up at the Kirkland Clinic on June 24th. Uh, special day, and uh, Dr. Mix, you want to describe what happens there again? Yep, we are going to be doing uh, our gallery test, which is a a uh, screening test for 50 different cancers. So anybody who has ever had a cancer and has now been told they're cured would be a nice thing because cancer formers form cancers. If you've had one cancer, your risk of a second and third cancer go way up. So even if you are now told you're cured, you want to be screened on a regular basis. And so, uh, and essentially anybody over 50 is relatively high risk for cancer compared to the 20 year olds. So this is something we all ought to get. Um, it is $1,250. It's not covered by insurance, but it's a screen for 50 cancers. That's $25 a cancer. And then to sweeten the pot, we have a lab work that uh, it's our big panel that looks at your, all of your hormones and your, your major risk factors and your, your insulin resistance. I mean, it's just a, a gigantic panel. We normally charge 600 bucks for it. We're cutting the cost of that to $250. Uh, 
So for fourteen ninety five, you're getting our six hundred dollar panel and the twelve hundred and fifty dollar panel all combined together, and you get an hour with the doctor to go over your results. So you know if you're not a patient, because our patients are already getting this lab work and have got you know get it all the time, but if you're not a patient, if you'd like to get the advantage of seeing what you would be on our big panel, mm-hmm. and you can do it for only the extra 250 bucks if you couple it with the gallery. Mm-hmm. I want to point out with the gallery test, it's not going to replace your routine screening. So one of no. the conversation parts with the doctor is what your screening results have been in the past, colonoscopy, dermatology, pap smears, mammograms, uh, x-rays. Uh, for the lung, for the uh, lung cancers, but patients are now hitting 65 and being told they don't need uh, pap smears anymore, and it's really uh, bothering a lot of women to find out why am I not getting screened for this cancer that I've been screened for every year for the last 40 years that I know saves lives. And this won't replace your pap smear, but it can help detect some of those cancers that might be related to those uh, the cervical cancer that they're looking for. But guidelines keep changing, and it's really disruptive. Patients over 80 are not offered colonoscopy anymore and they plan to live to a hundred they want to have 20 years colon cancer free so this might help them start the conversation with their provider about getting screening um, in other ways or at least get the their mind off of do I have this did it come back if I had yeah, it the insurance companies are consistently behind the medical curve obviously because their job is you know collecting premiums not paying claims that's yeah. how they make their money right. and uh, you know, so they they are not physicians, and their primary interest is not the health of the patient. It's profitability of the company. So you can't depend on the insurance company to tell you what tests you can and cannot have. That's mm-hmm. just stupid because all you're doing is, is following up their profitability, not your health. Mm-hmm. And early-stage mm-hmm. cancers have almost no symptoms. Yes. So you really aren't going to know it. Unless you know it, knowing it, as you say, is measuring it, and this is one way to measure things that don't have a screening, you're not going to get this on a blood work from your PCP once a year. No. You're going to have and, no idea. And if you detect it early, you can change the trajectory of your future. Yes. In fact, our first you can patient... You get a future. You can, yeah. <laughs> our first patient who took this test was in Kirkland Clinic, my patient, and the, was, the reason was exactly what you mentioned, Dr. Brazel, 80-plus-year-old now, had colon polyps in the past. Now his doctor tells him he's not a candidate for colonoscopy, so they declined to do because of his age. But he is a healthy, robust gentleman, mm-hmm. and to decline his colonoscopy is just foolish. You know, I... One of my organizations I belong to is the Methuselah Society, <laughs> And the Methuselah Society has a has a tagline on the head of their website. It says, "Let's make ninety the new sixty uh-huh. by 2013." And so I 2030. Think by 2030, and that's our that should be our goal. We want ninety to be the new sixty. We want you to sign up for this test again, happening at the Kirkland Clinic, June 24th. The number to call is 866-86-YOUNG, 866-86-YOUNG. You can also sign up at lmclinic.com. Back with more of Leading Edge Medicine in just a few moments. If you or someone you love is struggling with memory issues, find out about Longevity Memory. Call Longevity right now to schedule your memory consultation evaluation. 425-654-0258. That's 425-654-0258. 
If you have chronic pain and are considering stem cell therapy, consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience with pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. And that's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. I would say Dr. Nelson is a great guy. He's very personable, makes you feel very comfortable, as does the staff. Everything went well. I had the stem cell injections, and within a month... I really had a change in my knee. It was uh, unbelievable to me, honestly. I thought there'd be more pain involved with the procedure, and there was hardly any. Uh, It was amazing, and I've told a lot of people about it. After having it for two years now, it worked tremendously. Glad I did it. You should consider stem cell therapy, but call a medical doctor with experience. Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000 or DanielNelsonMD.com. I'm just so pleased and I just want people out there to know that it just made a difference. I never, ever had this much energy before, as long as I could remember. And I cannot believe the difference in my husband. Eternally changing him. I mean, he's honestly getting more confident. And just listening to the radio, you think, oh, you know, it's an advertisement. But when you're actually here and going through it, it's just a life changer. Okay, well, we're back, but apparently the phones died. The phones died, but maybe we'll be able to get them back. Uh, uh, call in your questions now, though. We'll still encourage that. 800-465-8770. We were talking about the gallery test coming up on June 24th, and I guess that can only be called in for an appointment on that. You can't do that on the website. Right, right. Right now, if you would just call the Kirkland Clinic, and a team member will give you an appointment and confirm your appointment with you for that day. And that number is 866-86-YOUNG. And actually, I think we have Chris back on the line, and I think he has a question about the gallery test. Chris, what's your question? Yes, um, you've been doing this for a while for your patients and now offering Mm -hmm. non-patients. I'm wondering uh, how, if you are seeing positives, and if you are, which cancers are most prevalent? And if you are getting positive, positive, how do you weed out making sure it's not a false positive? Who do you follow up with? Because I, you guys don't do the follow-up. Would you? Right. No, we refer you to the oncologist for the follow-up t- testing. Um, this is a screening test, okay, not yeah. a confirmatory test. And right. yeah, about one percent of the general population, people that that don't believe they have a cancer, about one out of every one hundred tests will be positive. And is that what uh, you're finding as well. And that's about what we're finding. I think we've done what is it, sixty, seventy of them or something. Yeah, and, we've done quite a few. Yeah. And we had one or two, two. two. Yeah. So you know, among because we have an one, older age group. One was actually not done by us, but did test positive. So, but uh-huh. it is our patient. He did it somewhere else before we were offering it, and uh, but we we knew that he had an underlying malignancy. Okay. So, and then the next one was picked up in in one of the other clinics. Yeah. And that one actually had two was positive for two tumors. Mm. Uh, so you know, an important one. So these are, you know, this is a, it's an interesting test, obviously. Like everything else, nothing done to or by human beings is perfect. It does right. have a slight false positive rate. But out of every 200 
positives, there will be um, two, uh, or there'll be one one false positive out of every two hundred positives. So it's a you know it's it's a one half of one percent uh, false positive rate. We haven't gotten any false positives. No, we have not. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going by oh. the company the company's data. Right. We as as yet. Our positives have been real positives, but we have not yet seen any mm-hmm. false positives. But we'd have to have two hundred statistically two hundred positives instead of the two we've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're we're we'd have to hundred times more positive tests before we were statistically going to find a false positive. We have to do a lot more tests. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But we also know that these tests aren't uh, as sensitive for the very early stages of breast or prostate cancer. Exactly. You can be positive for them right. um, in life and not on the test. Yeah. So uh, what Dr. Brazel is saying is that the sensitivity and the specificity of the test varies upon which type of cancer it's picking up. So so for example, for breast and prostate, they're probably not the best test, but they will pick it up if you haven't had a study done. But for something like a GI lesion or a pancreatic cancer, they are by far and away one of the best tests. Yes. Ovarian to cancers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ovary. Yeah, the things that, that usually get missed, yes. it's very good at picking up. Right. So that's yeah. that's the nice thing we've done. And it's also good for the aggressive breast cancer and, and the yes. aggressive prostate cancer because they act very differently. They're fast. They're going to show up. They have a lot of blood flow to them. So it picks up those that are blood flow because the test is looking for DNA changes in the blood. And they make a lot of that marker. Exactly. Yeah. So the cell turnover is higher. It makes the changes and the AI algorithm will pick it up. So the good news is that if you had a false negative, it is most likely a slow, indolent tumor that's not going to kill you anyway. And you have time to get it treated and move on with your life. Early detection is the big key over here. Because now, you know, especially GI specialists, they're saying, oh, gosh, we never used to see this in the early stages. But now we have a chance of changing this patient's life because we can cure them. So they're actually developing new protocols, especially in GI, where this is very popular. Well, the other side, too, when you think about where we are in the United States after COVID is most people skip their mammogram, their prostate exam, their colonoscopy, their dermatology visit for the last three years. So our oncologists are overwhelmed with late-stage cancer showing up for the first time. People were ignoring their symptoms. They were not taking their appointments. They couldn't get in even if they tried. And so the tragedy is is all of the late cancers that can now be found with this test that might have been found if people had been able to get that blood test instead of uh, a colonoscopy. It's a big uh, thing to do, a colonoscopy, and when you can't do inpatient care like that, um, a lot of people now will have later stage cancers to treat, and that's a lot more disease to manage, and it's a terrible process to treat those cancers. Even if you survive, it doesn't feel as good. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. want to catch them early, Mm -hmm. fix them when they're easy to fix. And then one other thing I'll say is if they do pick up a positive, we will, uh, we do have some, uh, you know, help from the company in uh, access to physicians that will see our patients. So we will send them for a referral. And also okay. if the company, if the, we do pick up a positive result and we send them for evaluation, but they come back saying that the doctor doing the investigations couldn't find anything, the company will repeat that test at no cost in six months because they believe that they picked up a lesion so early that no imaging could pick it up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, keep that in mind that this picks up very early lesions and you will have follow through because they have a vested interest in you as well 
will. So they're not going to drop you. They will take care of you. Mm -hmm. And we are here okay. as a support network for you, too. Okay? Yeah, that, that's good to know. But then if you have this done and everything's negative, how often would you want to repeat this? Uh, are you looking at one year, two years, five years? Yeah. Okay. The company would like you to question? do it. The company would like everyone to do it every year. Right. <laughs> Remember, they make money that that's way. That's right, because that's how they make their money. <laughs> you know? It's also more data. Yes. But the question, you know, I mean, it's a wonderful question, and I, I wish I had a truly wonderful answer. It's going to have to look, I guess, for me personally, what are my risk factors? You know, what is my family history? Um you know, my mother had both breast and colon cancers. My father had uh, prostate cancer. Uh, so, you know, both of my parents are, are cancer uh, victims. And so I, you know, I, I'm relatively high risk. So I would probably do it every year or so just because, uh -huh. you know, I, I'm a high-risk family and I'm affluent enough to afford it. So why not? And you're going to live to 120, so your odds are pretty good. That's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> Back to colon cancer um, and colonoscopies, how um, aren't there relatively good, if not better, um, cancer detection yes. with the fecal test? Well, yes and no. And, and, now or not? Well, yes and no. And here's your problem. Um, the best one is obviously the colonoscopy, which is just... The pr it's not the colonoscopy, it's the prep <laughs> that drives people crazy. Um, but the fecal testing is not recommended for people over 75. Oh. And, and that's because as you get older, the, the DNA in your colon is changing and they get a lot of false positives. And, oh. uh, okay, so, so they get, they get false positives with the with the fecal test. But, I would do it anyway, and here's why. If it's negative, it's negative. If it's positive, now you have to get the colonoscopy to confirm it, but yeah. so what? It's and they can find pre-cancers yeah. and get rid of them um, yes. so that they don't become cancers, and that's prevention. That's right. But yeah. you hear the music, and we were coming yeah. up right on 10 o'clock. We're going to have to go. They're going to throw oh. us off the air. <laughs> But we're going to change stations okay. and be around for another two hours. <laughs> call in. Well, thank uh, you for taking my call. Bye now. Hey, thanks, Chris. Uh, if you're interested in that uh, test on the 24th at the Kirkland Clinic, call 866-86-YOUNG. Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samara Umat and special guest today, Dr. Christine Brazel. Thank you.